Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 like we just talked about with the kids it says what that we are his workmanship in some Bibles it says creation um, it says masterpiece and I don't know about y'all but sometimes for me I don't always feel like God's masterpiece I really don't I do not feel that way um, a lot of times if I'm going through something the first thing I do is I get down on myself I really do then other times it's just when I wake up in the morning and I don't know if you guys walk through these same things but when you can't you're walking with one eye closed to the bathroom and you can't see and your hair's going one way and you got red lines on your face so by the time you get to the mirror you're like what did I do <laughs> while I was sleeping where did I go but I don't always feel like a masterpiece in the mornings when I'm walking through some things and so what we're going to be talking about today is that very thing is that we are truly his masterpiece and I want to be seen that way I really do and I want to be everything that God has created me to be and so if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you would know that we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount with, with brother, Pet, brother Petty John. I love Richard. He's been great, and he's been a lot of fun, and he's encouraged us. And I got to sit with him and talk with him this last week for a while. And one of the things I was telling him was how much the sermon last week really challenged my heart. And I don't know if you guys remember it at all, but it was, are we taking sin seriously? And it really hit home to me because of the reality is this. One of the quotes he used, and I'm probably not saying it right, so I'm sorry, but he was saying that are we killing the sin in our life or are we letting that sin kill us? Are we truly getting rid of it and are we giving it to God? Are we attacking that sin before it can take us out? And so that really hit home in the way of, man, God, I need you every day. I'm not sufficient enough and I need you every day to work in me and work through me. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. In this passage, if you want to turn to your Bible, we're going through Ephesians chapter 2, if you already haven't. And we're, going to be going, we're going to read through 1 through 10. And I have this quote here that says something by John Stott that I really love how he explains this passage. It says, Paul first plumbs to the depths of pessimism about man and then rises to the heights of optimism about God. It is this combination of pessimism and optimism, of despair and faith, which constitutes the refreshing realism of the Bible. For what Paul does in this passage is to paint a vivid contrast between what man is by nature and what he can become by grace. We just got done singing all about God's grace and how bad we need Jesus. And so as we read this, I want us to think about three things. Who we were before we were saved, what happened when we got saved, and who we are in and through Christ and what Christ is doing in us each day. So let's, if you don't mind, if you could stand with me in honor of God's word, and we'll read this passage together. It says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the measurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. 
for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for our time in our life groups. Thank you for our time just to be able to fellowship, to pray for one another, to encourage one another, God. I pray for everybody that's here today, Lord, whether online or in person, Lord, I just ask that you move mightily amongst us, teaching us things, revealing things to us, Lord, helping us to see the things clearly that we need to let go of and give to you, God. Help us to see who we are and the love that you have and the grace that you showed us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you guys again. As we look at this passage, like I was saying, it, the first thing we're going to talk about is our old life, right? And straight off the bat, it says it clearly. And we were what? We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And so what does that mean? We were dead, right? If I was to walk into a graveyard and ask somebody that was dead to get up, they wouldn't do it, right? They couldn't do it. They can't. Because why? Because we were not able to respond to God's truth. We're not. We are dead. What does it also say? It says we were disobedient. We walked among the disobedient, characterized by ending in the flesh, indulging in the flesh, and thinking about things of the world, such as sensualism, materialism, and humanism. Worrying about all of our possessions, worrying about all those things that we need or that we think we need, but then also putting ourselves above everything else. It's also said we had a depraved nature, right? Depraved nature is kind of just saying it was a part of who we were, right? Just as a dog is a dog, when it barks, that's what dogs do. They bark. Just like that, a sinner sins. We do that, and we have to hold on. We have to know that. We didn't, we didn't do anything outside of hold on to the things that we saw in front of us, and we were holding on to those fleshly things. Then we have this, these magic two words that I want us to hold on to. These two words that mean so much to us and we should be totally thankful for. Because be without these two words, if you didn't catch it, we were in a very, very harsh place, right? We were in a harsh place. We were stuck. We had nowhere to go. We were in bad shape, y'all, and we needed help. But in verse 4, it says this, but God. Those two words we need to hear so many times. Matter of fact, we do hear it in the Old Testament, all the way back in Genesis. Chapter 50, verse 20 says this, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. First Samuel, talking about David, chapter, 20, chapter 23, verse 14, David stayed in the desert strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hands. In the New Testament, Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This grace that God showed us, he intervenes, he steps in for us when we need it the most. He wants us to go from death to life. So we see this, it says, but God, in verse 4, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with, with the Messiah, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised us up and seated us in the heavens, so that in the coming ages he might display his immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness, Christ Jesus. Want us to notice something there, the tenses, if we read that, right? If we read those words very clearly, 
If we go through, starting in verse 5, it says, we what? We were dead in our trespasses. So once we were saved, it was a done deal. It happened. And now you are saved by grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens. Though we were dead in our trespasses, Christ showed us his love for us by showing mercy through Jesus Christ. His grace is something that is unearned, undeserved, and unmerited. This is nothing that we can do to deserve this gift. As a matter of fact, in 2.9 it says this, not a result of our works, right? So that no man can boast. It's not because of what I did or what I'm continuing to do. Matter of fact, we have to practice that more often. Too often are we the people that stand up and boast about the things that we have done, how much we've given, how much we've done to serve or how much places we've been, all that stuff. But when we do that, that's prideful. And we, what we are doing is putting up walls around others instead of encouraging them. James 4.10 says this, right? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will what? He will lift you up. We don't need other people to try to lift us up all the time. All we need to do is be humble. Seek out the things that God is calling us to do and let him work in the midst of our lives. And then we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where we see this. For we are his creation. So it says workmanship or masterpiece. The word there that we get that from is poema, like we were saying. And that means his poetry. We are God's poetry. Meaning that we're like an artist with the clay or me with Plato, uh, whatever it is. But we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Before we ever focus on the word, masterpiece, the word I want us to focus on today is his. See, because before we can ever get to feeling confident about who we are, we have to realize that once I accepted Christ, I'm his. This isn't the only time we see this. Actually, Paul writes this a lot, and he encourages it. In fact, in, in chapter 1, he says that we're adopted, we're loved, we're chosen. He loves us so much, right? And so we are his, and we can see ourselves as a masterpiece as soon as we start to believe that we are truly his. Psalms 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can be excited to know that God has a plan for us. If you're like me, I'm probably that first person that will disqualify myself quickly, and I focus on all the negative things. Sometimes it's the hardships of the week before. Sometimes it's the hardship of things that happened in my lifetime. But I continue to see and focus on those negative things. And when we're focused on those negative things, we don't ever get to truly see ourselves as his masterpiece. We'll never be confident enough in the things that God has called us into until we let go of those things and see ourselves as his. So who we were before we were saved was we were dead, right? We were dead. And he brought us to life. And when we did it, it was a one-time thing. We don't have to keep going back to that well, right? It was, it was a done deal for us. And I want us to remember that. So I don't know where you are in life. I don't know where everybody in this room is. I don't even know if everybody's saved in this room. I really don't. But all I can do is pray for you and encourage you and remind you how much you are loved right? John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. We can be encouraged to know that we are loved by God. God wants you to know that he loves you and offers you this free gift that we've been talking about. 
It's free because he paid for it. All you need to do is accept that. And we would love to. I'm serious. I would love to pray with you today, and I would love to talk to you in the hallway. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, I would love to help you with that. We have plenty of people that would love to pray with you. God wants to take you from death to life. If you are saved, how do we respond? What do we take with this? It goes back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We have to think about where we are. We have to think about the things that we're walking through. We have to think about the things in our life and how we feel. Is we got to be sure are we allowing God to work in us and through us? See, in Shamrock, we did this skit, and we do this skit and had these tools with it. I borrowed these, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, this is a hammer, right? Everybody knows that. You can see it's a hammer. What is this? Is this a chisel? It's a chisel. Hammer and a chisel. In this skit, what it was was a man that came to ask God about if he could reveal some things in his life, take away the things that he doesn't need, show him how he could be God's masterpiece. God shows up with a hammer and a chisel. God starts to say, let's get to work. And the guy kind of looks at God and asks, what are you doing? What are we about to do? What's this? What are we about to get into here? And God says, before we can ever get you to see who you really are, we've got to get rid of the things in, that are blocking you and keeping you from seeing that you are truly my masterpiece. And he starts to go on, and he starts to move forward in that, and he starts to say that in the midst of that, I'm going to start chiseling these things out by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to reveal these things to you and show you how you can do better and how you can see yourself as my masterpiece. And he starts to chisel. And when I first was going through a skit, the reminder for me was that same noise that the hammer and the chisel make is the same as the hammer and the nails make. As we're nailing to the cross. It's that sacrifice, that reminder of who we are in Christ, that he died for us. And he's the one removing these things in our life. He's the one that can take that from us. But we have to be willing. See, the next part of that is, is as God is starting to chisel in this conversation, he starts bringing up his anger and his frustrations, the lying, the cheating, the lustful things, the hidden, the hidden sin that you go back to every time you get frustrated or tired, that's your safety zone. And he says, stop, God, stop. I can't handle this no more. Don't you think we've done enough? Can we stop right here and take a sabbatical in this moment where we are and get some healing done? We've done enough. And God says, I want you to do one thing for me. He says, I want you to look in a mirror and tell me what you see. In the midst of saying what you see, obviously we all see what we see in a mirror is ourselves, right? We see ourselves. He says, that's the thing. Until people start to see me in you, we need to keep chiseling. We need to keep removing. We need to keep working. He says, the God, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what I'm dealing with. And I've been there in my life where I remember going to God and praying and saying, God, you just don't understand. How am I supposed to forgive someone that's hurt me like this? How am I supposed to befriend someone that, that just makes me frustrated when they're around me? How am I supposed to show them love? How am I supposed to be an encourager? God, you don't even understand what I've been through. And God goes, yes, you're right. The God of the universe has no idea what you're walking through. And, and I've been there, and I felt that way. And I finally had to say, God, take all of it. No matter how bad it hurts, 
No matter how much I want to stop and give up, I have to let you have everything. I can't try to depict where I want God to chisel. God, I'm going to allow you to chisel this today. I'm going to allow you to do this. I have to give God everything and let God work in the midst of my life so that I can truly see myself as his masterpiece. As we continue to move forward and look at this as being God's masterpiece, I want to encourage us that as we're letting these things go, what it will do and what it will help us to see is who we are in him and how we can work alongside each other. See, what that begins to do is we start to build these walls up. Like I said, with the pridefulness, what we have to do is let God chisel all that away so that God can see, so that we can see who God is and how he can use us in the midst of those things. So the second half of that verse, right? We were made for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. See those good works that we're talking about, right? It's not a requirement for salvation. That's not what we're talking about here. But it's rather, it's a result of our salvation. And because of who we are in Christ, we will serve those around us in a loving way and be encouraged by that. And we encourage one another. And so I want to turn to John chapter 5, or uh, 14 real quick, and read this starting in verse 18. And we'll read all the way down to 26. I want us to think about this clearly. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. But you will see me because I live. You will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will, keep, will not keep my words. The word that you are here is not mine but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you for a while. I remain with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all these things and remind you of everything I have told you. We're not alone. We're not in this by ourselves. We're equipped with the Holy Spirit once we are saved and, and we have the Holy Spirit in us and working in us and working through us and God allows people to speak truth to us as well. See, I am blessed and I guess it's kind of a cheat code is I'm blessed because I get to be here all week. And I'm blessed because I get to be here all week and what I get to see is, is God's masterpiece. I get to walk down the hallways and see the preschool kids singing songs about God and listening as they're learning things that will help them be equipped for life but also equipped in their spirit. Watching these teachers love on them and encourage them. As a staff, we are loved on. Scott, 
loves on us. He's an encourager. Karen and Dina, you guys are encouragers in my life. You pour into me. You pray for me. And it's like I'm, I'm kind of spoiled in that way. I get to be surrounded by prayer warriors and people that just care for you. But are you letting the people around you do that for you? Are you opening up your arms and your eyes to see the things that you need? Because I can be prideful and think, I don't need help. I got this. And at the end of the day, when I did all the deeds that needed to be done and I, I got the hug at the end of the day, I realized I'm, I'm emptied, I'm worn out, and I needed more help than I let on. My prayer is this, that we as, as Christians, as believers, we see the things that we need to change, things that we can do better. See, I, I'm not above anybody else, and I'm, I'm not above it. We're all walking through this together. I pray all the time that I can be a better father, a better husband, a better brother, a better friend, a better son. God equips us with people to show us and reveal us things. And God allows us to be growing closer with one another. And when we start to see who we truly are in Christ and the things that he's done and how he sacrificed everything for us, we can then begin to see clearly how we can work together as a family unit, as a church, a body of believers. We have to let the Holy Spirit work in the midst of us. And we have to trust him that he's going to do that. God reminds us that we're not alone. See, we may not have a hammer and a chisel, but we have this, and we have the Holy Spirit. We also have people in our lives that can be that encouragement, that can be the ones that really help us along the way. And are we helping produce fruit in that way also? Are we being mindful and praying about how we can be there for others? When we get up each morning, are we worried about ourselves? Do you stop and pray for the person that's on your left or on your right? you take time to pray for the friends that maybe you haven't seen? Do you take time to pray for the families in the church and things they're going through? I love our prayer times and staff meetings. I love that. Getting to pray for each other, getting to encourage one another, to pray for you guys, how we can help. God reveals those things to us. But we have to truly know who we are as his so that we can do the things he called us to do. And you have to realize that you are his masterpiece. Don't be discouraged, right? We know who we were before. We knew him. But we need to be confident in who we are now that we're saved. No matter what age you are, right? No matter how young or old, we are called to do something. If you're retired or where at your work or wherever it is that God has you placed, are you confident that you are right where you're supposed to be? If so, how are you using the tools that God has equipped you with? And how are we going to take that and be able to speak truth to them and be encouragers for them? We have so many different giftings in this church. I say I'm spoiled also because uh, getting to work with the youth is one thing that you get to see is, is young people trying to figure out not just who they are, but trying to how do we adapt that to who God is in my life. Learning to trust God in a way that's difficult. But then also realizing how they can use their giftings to share that with others. How they can use their talents to share Christ with others. So my encouragement to them is this. Keep doing it. Keep loving God. Put God first. Let him use those gifts to you no matter where you are in life. Keep trusting in him. 
Maybe it's us in our workplaces. We walk through church, and as we're walking through things, and whether it's even going to the store, are we loving and are we encouraging? Are we putting people at the front lines of, of our prayer? Are we putting people so that we can reach them and love them genuinely the same way that Christ loved us? I fail at that sometimes. I really do. It's easy for me to get caught up in my own flesh and feel like, got to be there for my kids. Got to do this. Got to do this. And forget the needs that are all around us. So as we're thinking about this today, and we're closing up and we're reading these verses, We are saved by grace through faith. It's not from yourselves. It's God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. This isn't about us. It's about letting God work in the midst of us, working through us. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So I'm asking you guys to pray about your talents. If you're saved, you are his. Don't look at the negatives in your life, but look at the positives, look at the fruit. We can learn from negatives, right? We can. But we have to keep moving forward, trusting and knowing that he's our provider and he's gonna, he's gonna take care of us. If you're not saved, man, come. If you don't know God, it is time to get to know God, right? It is time. You will find out how loving he really is and how much he cares for you. And put him at the center. Make it about him. And when you do that, things look a lot different. Our families start to look a lot different. Our friendships start to look a lot different. Our church will look a lot different when we put God at the center. So that's my prayer this week for us is can we put God at the center because see it's maybe have taken me a long time to get to this place and I can't say that I handle it perfectly every day but I truly do believe that I am God's original masterpiece and so are you let's pray together dearly father lord We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this word. Help us to see clearly that we are yours and how much you truly love us. God, take us and make us all you want us to be, Father. Help us to chisel out the things in our life we don't need. Help us draw nearer to you. so that we can see how we can help others around us in unity, a body of believers coming together to impact the area around us. Help us to see clearly. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.